Hey everybody, it's great to see you again this Sunday as we're continuing our Cultivate series. You know, we took a week off and we're excited to get back into it this week with the focus of goodness and faithfulness from the fruits of the Spirit. You know, when I was a little kid, I remember when my family and I, we went on a family vacation and we were at this water park and there was this big old slide and we were going down the slide one by one and I'll never forget the traumatic moment that we had during this day. You see, we came down the water slide, we we're all getting out, and we we're starting to leave the water area. And then all of a sudden we heard splashing and screaming, and we looked back, and there was my mom struggling in the water, and she's screaming to my dad, John, John, help me, help me. And my dad, in all of his wisdom, shouted out, Kathy, just stand up. And in that, in that moment, my mom stood up in the two feet of water. And she was okay. We were able to move on. You know, sometimes in our life, I think we struggle because we're overwhelmed with the environment that we are in and we need to take a step back. We need to understand that there's a way out of the darkness and the difficulty that we're in if we just cultivate the right ingredients in our life that's found in the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. A few weeks ago, we talked about the first sets of fruit. Found in Galatians 5, which says, the, but, the fruit of the, but the Spirit produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those earlier ones we talked about a few weeks ago, but today we want to pause for just a moment and talk about goodness and faithfulness. You see, you need to understand this. The Spirit of God is who will do the work of cultivating within us. Our job is simply to provide fertile soil for the cultivation to happen. And I know in our heart of hearts, deep down in your soul, I understand it. You want to do good. You want to be a good person. You want to be considered faithful. But the struggle is this. Sometimes we allow the world's sliding scale to dictate our life. That's what tends to happen sometimes. We allow the world to dictate our actions and our choices and the lifestyle that we have. You know, another fun story this time about my wife a few years ago, she got these new boots and it was winter time and it was the cold rain and we were downtown Pittsburgh and we were walking down the sidewalk and we were going down the slope and then all of a sudden her boots that did not have much traction on them started to lose control and before you know it, her left leg was going this way, her right leg was going this way and she was doing the most amazing split in down, down, downtown Pittsburgh as she screamed out, Bill, just help me, hold on to me, Bill, help me. And the hero that I am, I took her by the arm and I lifted her back up and I carried her to safety. It was her knight in shining armor moment. I was there for her. But you know, sometimes in life, we struggle with the steps we take. You know, with my wife, with our decision that day, maybe those boots weren't the right boots for the environment that we were in. And sometimes I think in the world that we live in, sometimes we take steps that we just should not be taken. You know, God has given us the guide to lead us and to walk us through this thing called life. But sometimes we try to do our own thing and take our own path. My life verse is found in James 1. And it's written, do not merely listen to the word 
and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see, the Bible is God's word. He gave us a game plan to guide our life. But sometimes we try to take our own journey and life in our own hands. But here's an important point that we, can't, that we need to understand. We cannot overlook. Knowing the game plan is not sufficient. Just knowing the game plan doesn't matter. Back when I was in college, I went to a Bible college. And at Bible college, they were pretty strict with uh, roll call and making sure that you were in class. And every class, they would take roll call to make you were there. And one, pr- one professor was pretty strict with this. In fact, he only allowed you to respond when your name was called here or present. And he would always say, here or present is sufficient enough. And I remember one time, it was an 8 a.m. class. It was early. It was in this large uh, room that held uh, like 100 students. And we were all in there, and there, he was going through all the names. And I remember he was going to get to N, which was one of my best friends. And he was, Matt was sitting next to me, and, and Matt looks at me, and he goes, Bill, what should I say? And I said, what? He goes, when he calls my name, what should I say? And I thought he was just kidding. kidding. I said, I don't know. Say Pop Goes the Weasel. And he calls out Matt's name, and Matt goes, Pop Goes the Weasel. And then in that moment, I saw this man's face go beat red. He was so mad in that moment. But you know, you know what? I'll never forget Dr. Presley. I'll never forget him because he taught me an important lesson of discipline. When he took roll call, you better be in your seat. And even if you were in the room, if you were not in your seat yet, you were late. That's how he did it. He taught me discipline. And let's be honest, we don't like discipline. We don't even like to hear that word sometimes because if you're like me, oftentimes we want to do things our own way, but discipline is needed. Know this, my friends, successful living needs a level of discipline in our lives, no matter what the focus is, whether it's work or school or sports or just home, whatever avenue of life you're on, discipline is needed. And at some point, we need to hear the word in God's, in God's word. We need to move on with our lives and, and have discipline and not just go through the motions. Just coming to church, just listening to the message, then going on with our lives, just knowing it is not good enough. Just listening does not cut it. At some point, we need to hear the message. There is a difference, I believe, between listening and hearing. Just because you're listening doesn't mean you actually heard it. Listening can be passive, but hearing is digesting what is being said to make a transformation in our life and our attitude. And oftentimes, just listening develops an attitude in our life. You know, I know it, I got it, I I, I don't need anything else. But my friends, knowing is not sufficient. I remember years ago, I had coffee with a self-proclaimed theologian. 
And this person sitting in front of me told me that oftentimes when they listen to my messages and, and, and hear it, they already know all that stuff. And in their minds, they just tell themselves, yeah, yeah, Bill, I know this, just move on. And I thought for a moment, really? Have we become that arrogant that we think we know it all? Knowing is not sufficient. Just listening often leads to deception. Then deception leads to disobedience. And disobedience leads to a rough terrain that inhibits cultivation. And ultimately, this affects your relationships. Every relationship in your life is affected by this. That's the reality. Hearing goes beyond just knowing to activating it into our life. Here's the deal. Know this. The game plan needs to be activated. This is not allowing the sliding scale of the world to dictate our life. Whatever's going on around us will not transform my decisions, my choices, the words I use in my life because there is something within me that guides me. The world does not. This is goodness and faithfulness that is revealed in the person that you are. You see, goodness, as described in the fruits of the Spirit, is being a good person. It's doing good things for other people beyond your own desires. Faithfulness is being a faithful person. A person who is faithful to, to their word and promise a person that can be trusted and confided in. And so let me ask you, as you think that through in your own life, would you say that describes you? This does not mean perfection, but generally speaking, are you a person who strives to do good for others above your own desires? Are you a person that can be trusted, someone that others feel safe to confide in, is that the normalcy of your life? Is that, does that describe you? Because if it does, great. If it doesn't, there might be a little bit of a disconnect. Because this journey, goodness and faithfulness, the cultivating of these fruits in your life is going beyond religion to relationship. You see, understand this. The difference between being focused on being religious and, and focused on building relationships. There is a difference with that. Please understand this. Let me say it again because this is so important. Let this sink in. We need to understand the difference between being focused on being religious and being focused on building relationships. Here's what James said about that in James chapter 1, the verses right after what we read earlier. James writes, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, uh, faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We are called to do good and be faithful in our words. In other words, we need to have a tight rein on our tongue. Our words should build others up, not tear them down. We should be involved in encouraging others, not gossip and destroying and slander. We need to be a people who can be trusted in our word. That when I say I'm gonna do something, people believe me because my actions follow. And when I say, you know what? 
I'm not going to be a part of that. People are going to believe me because they know my words match my actions and what I stand for. This verse also tells us that, that we need to do good and be faithful in deeds. Being there for those in need putting other, other people's needs above my own desires and above your own desires, not being polluted by the world's world. You know what that means? We are to be people of integrity. Are you a person of integrity? Are you someone that other people can trust and rely on? Because to put this all together, We need to be a person that others can believe in and rely on. That's what we need to be. That's what we're called towards. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus said this when talking about taking oaths. Jesus said in Matthew 5, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the other one from the evil one. Here, Jesus is telling us that we should be consistent people. People should be able to rely on what we say because our actions follow suit. Does that describe you? Are you a person that people can rely on your words because your actions follow suit? Consistency really is the key, my friends. Do my actions match my words? If someone saw me at church or on vacation or on the sidelines of some sporting event, would they encounter the same person? Would they see the same person in all those avenues of life? This is closely linked to relationships. Our interactions with others is closely connected with our interaction or lack thereof with Jesus. It is all linked together. You see, my connection with Jesus affects my relationship with other people. It's just the reality of life. And and know this, an inconsistent relationship often leads to an inconsistent lifestyle. When you are inconsistent in your relationship, you're going to be inconsistent in your lifestyle. You're going to be inconsistent by being a person of your word. You're going to be inconsistent by doing good to other people and being faithful and being someone that someone can rely on. You're going to be an inconsistent person. Why? Because this is inconsistent. This is what cultivates you. That will transform the lives around you. You know, in all this, please know it's not about perfection. It's not about perfection. Stop trying to be perfect. You never will be. None of us are ever going to be perfect people. There was only one, and his name was Jesus. You're going to mess up. I promise you. I'm going to mess up. I promise you. We all will miss the opportunities to do good. We're all going to miss opportunities because of our own selfishness to meet the needs of other people. I I do it. I can be a selfish person. And I bet some of you can say that too. And likewise, we're all going to fall short. We're all going to mess up and miss out on the opportunities to be people of our word that people can rely on. We're going to mess up. 
And I want you to know that so that you don't get discouraged and quit. But here's the thing. I know many of you heard me say this before. When you do mess up, make the next right choice. That's what's going to define you. That's what's going to define you. It's not about when you mess up. It's about what you do after the fact. That will define you. That will become your normalcy. And as you make the next right choice, remember this, that even in our imperfection, we can rely on this promise. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. So no matter when we mess up, we can rely on the reality that Jesus is faithful. He's always going to be there. So with me, my friends, let's take this journey. Let's strive to allow the spirit of God to transform our life so that the consistent behavior that people see from us is that we do good above our own selves. That we will be people that they can rely on in our words. That we will have consistent lifestyles that reflect the reality of God in his goodness and his faithful. And when you mess up, just dust off your feet and make the next right choice. And let God begin to work through you. God loves you. He's desperately in love with you. And he wants you to allow him to love you and, be, and begin to love others through you. But make this relationship consistent so that everything else in your life can become more consistent with what he desires. Let him cultivate goodness and faithfulness into your life.